Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women, and Wisdom radio show, streaming on BBS Radio from California and syndicating to over 100 stations globally and numerous podcast platforms. I'm your show host, Yvonne E.L. Silva. If we haven't met, my mission is uplifting the spirit of humanity, and I do that by showcasing amazing women who've risen from tragedy to triumph, often from a point of chaos to confidence, risen to success, and are now making a huge contribution to their community and globally. As a female founder and entrepreneur myself, certified executive coach and chartered HR professional, in the past 10 years, in particular, supported senior women to excel in their leadership and especially in evolving their confidence and their business. So today, I work as a coach and mentor to mission-inspired women entrepreneurs and conscious leaders who are ready to flourish in business, and yet they often struggle with self-doubt and being heard in a man's world. So I help them to master their confidence and find their authentic voice so they can negotiate what they want, make more sales, grow their business, grow their team and have a sustainable business that's fun and more beach time. That seems to be a common theme coming up throughout the summer. Want more balance, want more beach time. So with enhanced communication skills, they can go uh, on forward authentically to lead and engage their team, grow their business, get their ideal clients, uh, the services and support that they uh, are seeking, and have a sustainable business that's fun. So I know that As female entrepreneurs, sometimes balance can be a challenge, and we can do it. So here's my first tip to start off today. Today is about success. As we come into Q4 in just a couple of weeks, here's my question for you is, are you on track? Are you achieving the results at the level you want to, and will you finish out Q4 in your business, if you're an entrepreneur, with the results that you set for your goal at the beginning of the year. And if something is taking you off track, now is the time to put the focus back on your energy levels, on your goals, have that clarity on how you're going to achieve those targets, where you're going to have the highest leverage for your time, where you're going to have the best impact with your ideal clients, leading to some amazing referrals. That's really what it's all about. And when we talk about business, we know that marketing is a huge cost for many organizations. Many women entrepreneurs find themselves being pulled into a lot of different social media causes and social media marketing. And we know that exploring that and attracting new clients costs way more them continuing to work with our existing clients, continuing to serve, continuing to help them to up-level and have deeper clarity, insight, and uh, to leverage their personalities. So when we're working together with mission-inspired businesses, that's very often the first place I start, is what is your definition of success? Every woman wants to be purposeful. Every woman wants to know that she's contributing So how do we do that? What is your own definition of success? So I want you to take a moment right now and just put some bullet points down. What does that look like for you? 
If you're working as an entrepreneur, it may be achieving your financial goals. It may be achieving balance. Balance might be working three days a week. Balance might be working 10 months out of the year and taking two months off in the summer or with your kids or working uh, a smaller amount of hours or shortened work day. Maybe you're only available to your clients from 10 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon. What does success look like? So get clear on that because, ladies, it's not about measuring yourself against someone else's definition of success. If somebody who's a good friend of yours is working in a corporate role, their definition of success is going to be way different. If you are working together in a group, you're working with your coach, again, get really clear on what your definition of success is because that's the starting point. That's the measuring stick that everything is measured against. And if you haven't figured out today, I am going to be sharing from my soul, my heart, my body of work, as opposed to bringing in another guest. I actually have a number of fabulous guests that are lined up to come and join me this fall. So we're going to be having some intriguing interviews coming up with some amazing women. As you know, I interview mission-inspired women who have typically risen from tragedy to triumph and are now sharing their story. And with that story, some lessons learned along the way. Four to five lessons, things that are really important for women to understand and benefit from after hearing their heartfelt story. So probably the best place to start after those two questions are posed about how are your Q4 fall numbers looking and do you have your clear definition of success is to actually share a little bit more about why I'm asking. Yes, I'm a coach. I'm a business coach. I I took my certification over 10 years ago now down at Royal Roads University in Victoria in Canada. Before that, though, I've been helping women in particular for all of their career, all of my career. I've been working in senior HR roles in corporations and ended up as a VP for a global talent management firm. That was my last corporate role. And when I finished that role, I reflected back on my career and I was thinking about what have I enjoyed the most? Where do I love to see the energy having the best results? What am I passionate about? Not just at work, but what am I passionate about in my private life? What, am I, what do I do for hobbies and interests? Where do I love investing my energy? And realize through using my own process, I have a career visioning roadmap process, and I went through my own process, and boy, it was very revealing, realizing that so much of the work I do centers around change, centers around transformation. It's about, um, if we think about TV shows, some of my favorite TV shows are actually home renovation shows where we're taking something that is dilapidated, it's run down, it's ugly, um, and it doesn't work anymore, it needs fixing up and repairing, and putting some new life into that, putting some new energy into that. And then the end result is a beautifully comfortable, decorated home, something that someone else sees the potential in and is ready to invest in. And that's pretty much the work that I do with my clients. Not so much about fixing. Sometimes we do have to address something that is getting in their way first before we can create some space 
to work together because it's really about leveraging their time in a more efficient way. So are there areas of your life where you're actually not having high value and return on your time? Where are there things that you're actually wasting time on that are not productive? And it could be that you're working with, if you're in your own business, it could be that you're working with clients that you've actually outgrown now. Maybe it's time to revisit who are my ideal clients. Where do I find them? What do they sound like? What do they look like? What are they interested in? What personal growth challenges might they have? What are some of the things that you can dive into that will tell you whether or not this person is one of your ideal candidates, one of your ideal clients? And one of the tools that I'm actually using more and more frequently these days in my business is actually a tool called Bank. Now, Bank, if you've not run across it, it's actually a personality science system. It's something I ran across last year, and because it's all based around communications and powerful communications, I was excited to start working with it. The word or the acronym BANK, B-A-N-K, is actually derived from the four different personality types that the system describes. So BANK is B for blueprint personality, A for action personality, N for nurturing personality, and K for a knowledge personality. And each of those four personalities have 12 values which are associated with that value. And it it starts to become so easy in my business to do some business intelligence, which often for smaller businesses that don't have a wide footprint and don't have their own marketing department, it's sometimes not common to have that level of business intelligence when you can look at your clients and divide them very quickly into categories based on their personality type. And I can do that really easily. I can actually do it now in 90 seconds, which is amazing. And it helps me to understand first how to have the most connected conversations with my clients from the beginning. It also tells me more about how they want information delivered. So I'm a nurturing, primarily a nurturing action personality. So I like my information delivered in a very specific way. It's got to be warm, authentic, genuine. It's got to come from a place of harmony and service. It's got to serve, and there has to be a focus on personal growth. That is all part of the nurturing personality. The action personality, which is my second code, is all about winning and competition and fun, opportunity in particular, and spontaneity and freedom. So there's got to be some elements of that in the conversation as well to hold my interest. Now, if this is sounding intriguing, here's a gift for you. So for those listeners who have joined early and are listening eagerly to the story and how to start having more triumph in your world, particularly in your business if you're you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, go ahead right now and write down this number. So grab a pen. I'm about to give you a free gift (laughs) right from the beginning. It's a $99 value special gift from me, and it is your own personalized personality style report with your own bank code showing. So you, you need to just invest 90 seconds 
to actually take the assessment um, referred to um, with this system as cracking your code. It's kind of like if you remember the Da Vinci movie where they had the cryptex and they were trying to find the Holy Grail. Inside that cryptex, if they put in the wrong digits, it would actually crack open a vial of vinegar that would leak all over parchment right in the center of the cryptex. So you would never get to see what was written on that parchment, which is the secret to the Holy Grail. The bank is a little bit like that. When you understand what is the right digit order, the right code, think of it like a PIN code, actually, when you go to the bank. <laughs> if you put in the right code, you get money out. Well, in this case, if you put in the right PIN code of the person's communication style that you're connecting with, you can actually have a much deeper connected conversation right from the outset, right from the beginning of your first conversation. And it matters. It matters in business. It matters as we build relationships. It matters as we pass referrals to each other, as we are collaborative and connected in business. It's all about relationships. That's what business is built on, know, like, and trust. So here's the gift. If you've got your pen ready, I want you to write this number down. Or if your phone is handy, you can just text me. Text me the word code, C-O-D-E, which is like cracking your personality code. So text the word code, C-O-D-E, to this number, 403 six. Six eight nine two seven nine. Again, that word is code. So text the word code, C O D E, to four zero three six six eight nine two seven nine. So that'll get you your own personalized report as my gift, a ninety-nine dollar value. I don't uh, publicly offer this very often. And it's something that is a very special gift for my listeners, and I want you to have a chance to have it. Get your own copy of your own personalized report, and then let's maybe connect. We can have a, a quick debrief over what did you learn in your report, and how could you bring that into your business? Because there is a lot more that I can share about the bank system. There's a lot more behind it. There is artificial intelligence that connects me through LinkedIn to someone's personality code. It actually allows me to cut and paste text. So if I um, get a call from someone that I haven't met before or get referred to, I can actually go and have a peek at their website. I can pick up some of the copy. I can run it through the artificial intelligence app that I have access to. And it'll actually tell me what language, what code is this website content written in. And that gives me an idea of who are they trying to attract? Who is their ideal client? And sometimes that's actually out of whack. It's not really written with the intention of attracting a specific type of client. Or maybe they didn't know that there were different personality types and different communication styles until we connect and talk about it. And afterwards, I've had several conversations recently where people have realized that they're actually writing language, which is not going to be for the code that attracts their ideal client. Very interesting work. So that's more about the bank system. It is a personality-based, people-focused, and profit-driven company. And you might not have heard about them yet just because they're fairly new in Canada, working out of uh, the States. 
And it is now a, a service that is offered in over 140 countries. So BANK is the name of the personality science test. I know a lot of times people in my HR work previously have taken a Myers-Briggs or a DISC assessment, those types of personality assessments. This one is the only scientifically validated tool to help you understand how to get more buy-in or how to get more buying behavior with the person that you're connecting with. It's about deepening relationships, which leads ultimately to having more connected conversations and more sales. It's about understanding buying behavior, or if you're inside an organization, buy-in behavior. So why do I do this work? Well, I do this work because I'm passionate about language. When I was growing up, catching my heart as I'm speaking to this again, Every time this catches in my throat and gets me choked up, I think about my mom. My mom was my first what I call un-mentor. She was the person who I watched growing up who was not a strong woman. She taught me things that she probably never realized she was teaching me about lack of confidence. And as I was growing up, I literally watched the dignity drained right out of my mom by my dad. Now, my dad was someone who had been in World War II, he'd come back from the war, he got a bullet in Dunkirk, grazed on the forehead, and saw some horrific things in the war. And he came back with PTSD. And at that time, there were literally hundreds of thousands of men returning from the war that did not have the medical system to support them. There were so many of them with trauma, with PTSD. They just did not get treated. So what happened As my mom had married late in life, she was a professional businesswoman. She had her own independence. She had learned to drive when she was 17, got a car as soon as she could, been very independently working in um, a business office when she met my dad. She was used to being an independent woman, used to speaking up for what she wanted. And yet his anger with the illness of PTSD That literally drained the life right out of her. He was angry. He was, what I thought was just mean. And he literally drained the dignity out of her. And I watched her become a fragile woman, so frail. We never had a full set of china in our house because she was constantly dropping plates and, and, and china because she was so nervous around him. And that impacted me growing up too because I watched her and I watched her voice being squashed. And I watched him take the car keys, and he wouldn't let her drive the car. He took away her freedom. Then, because she was a stay-at-home mom, he took away her independence and her power because she was now not earning her own money. She was relying on him for a very meager housekeeping. And I remember sitting on a Friday watching her at the bureau, putting her list together, her shopping list for Friday, and trying to figure out how she was going to feed a family of four on the very meager housekeeping money that he gave her. And it wasn't that he wasn't making a great salary. He was a a stock controller. He was a a professional. And yet, he was also very, very much a blueprint-style personality, and he was a saver. He didn't like risk. That's one of the traits of the blueprint personality in that bank personality system I mentioned. So he saved And when he actually passed away, my sister and I found that he had over $120,000 put in different accounts that he had been saving 
for what? I'm not sure. A rainy day? And yet he had been living in a small, uh, literally like a solo studio, and living a very meager lifestyle. He had a small black and white television. He didn't have a car anymore. Now, understand that he had pushed people away. Because of his PTSD, he chose to leave my mom when I was about uh, 17 and took up on his own and was living independently. But he had very few friends because he pushed everybody away. And that's the sad part about having PTSD that's untreated. When I talked with and interviewed an amazing woman, Cynthia Hamilton Urquhart, who is a retired police officer. I interviewed her last year, or it could have been earlier this year. I'll check the archives. Um, She is also a thriver now who had PTSD. She was in situations that were so horrific, and what she saw when she was working in the police force, the result was PTSD after she retired. And she's been working through that, and she is now an incredible advocate and speaker on this topic of mental health awareness uh, for PTSD survivors. And she talks literally on a regular basis about this topic. She has a really interesting blog, If you haven't connected yet with Cynthia, I encourage you to listen to my archive section. Cynthia Hamilton Urquhart is her name, and her interview was so intriguing. And some of the useful information that she shared was just incredible. So I have some amazing guests on my show, as you can tell. So my journey, literally, what happened with the PTSD, watching my mom grow up, Um, It ended up where I got screamed at a lot because I was a rebel. I was constantly in trouble. I was constantly getting um, the leather belt beating me. And when I was 11, my dad literally screamed at me after getting the results back from my 11-plus exams. Now, just know they don't do that in England anymore. But 11-plus exams back when I was growing up many years ago (laughs) was to help you decide whether or not you had the mental acuity to go to grammar school where the smart kids went or to go to secondary school where the not-so-smart kids went. And even though I am finely tuned, very intuitive, academics then was not my thing. I hated school. (laughs) I just wanted to be out in the playground on the uh, swinging on the adventure bars and doing the sports. I was on the hockey field. I mean, I loved doing sports and athletics. I didn't really like studying. So I flunked by two marks. And I remember my dad was absolutely furious. I remember seeing him opening the envelope the day the results arrived. And his his eyes went to black and his face went beet red. And he looked at me and he glared and he screamed at me, you failed. You will never, ever be successful in life. And he stormed out and took the paper with him. And literally, my horror, I mean, it was like getting punched in the stomach. I mean, I'm just about to go into high school. Yeah, thanks. You're supposed to be my protector, my dad. You're supposed to be the one who supports me. Yeah. And I carried that, that feeling of not being able to be successful as I went into high school 
And I kind of lost my voice, which is funny now because as the author of the best-selling book, Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, it's all about speaking up and having confident conversations. And it's actually one reason why I wrote that book was for my mom. I wanted to write a book. I thought about, you know, where is my expertise? What is it that I'm passionate about? I looked around my house and every wall pretty much in my house has something that is to do with language. And it may be live, love, laugh. It may be, um, I'm looking at a quote from Steve Barber. I was in one of his leadership workshops earlier this year, um, the Extreme Leadership Institute. And one of his quotes is, do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. Love that quote. I've got up on my wall. I'm looking at a pillow I received as a gift from a friend of mine, um, Shelley. Today, I choose joy. And that is totally, totally the spirit and the energy that I live in. It really is about joy, finding more joy. Actually, my number plate even is, is about creating joy. <laughs> so that is part of the journey, was going through high school, not being confident, not speaking up. And because I didn't say a lot, people made assumptions about my confidence. And so I had to earn that back. I earned it. I got a, a part-time job when I was 13. I got a job as um, working in a, a retail store. I had done a paper round when I was age 11, uh, actually 12, and got up at you know, 5 every morning delivering papers in the dark. <laughs> then I got invited to join um, the, the full-time staff at the, sorry, the part-time staff at the store. And within a year, I was the assistant manager. So I started to do really amazing work, but I started to be noticed for my contribution. I did have a cheerful personality. I had a very positive attitude, but I was kind of shy still. So it was okay being in the store because I was serving somebody else's stuff. But when it came to talking about my own work, that was still an area that I struggled with. So eventually, I think about what happened then. I literally, in high school, I put up a shield. I put up a shield because I never wanted to be hurt by somebody else's words again, like the words that my dad threw at me in anger. And I carried that shield until I was about 45. Yeah. And finally decided it was time to put it down when I realized that not only was I keeping myself safe, but I was keeping myself small inside that shield. And it was time to put it down because I was keeping other people out as well. So that's just a little bit of my journey. Now, pepper that with some other interesting things. My first opportunity at motherhood, my son was actually born and it was only after a year had gone by that we realized that he was actually a special needs child when he started having seizures. So my level of resilience in life, which is what I bring to my clients now, is based on growing up without feeling that I had a voice, finally finding it, and then along that journey, realizing that I had to find it because I had to be the advocate for my son. He needed special daycare facilities. 
he needed special levels of support. To put him in a daycare with a regular ratio of one to eight kids just did not work for him. He needed way more care. When he started in preschool, he needed to be in a special school. He needed special funding. He needed extra supports that most parents luckily don't have to try to find for their kids. Now, the good thing I have to report is that Alex has continued to thrive. He has expanded. He's become a beautiful young man, and he went on to when he was 18 to start doing some amazing painting. Loved painting. And he came running into me one day. Mom, Mom, I need a credit card. <laughs> and I, I looked at him and I said, I said, why? You know, that's great. You know, this is a sign of financial independence. Um, why do you need a credit card, honey? And he said, I want to buy a kid a smile. Really? I didn't get it. So he pulls me into the living room and he's watching an Operation Smile telephone. And he said, here, I want to give a kid a smile. And what I was watching was how the surgeon so carefully recreated a child's face who has a cleft palate. And the transformation was incredible. And I thought, isn't this interesting? You know, first off, that he's also now got this, this bug, if you like. He wants to help people in transformation as well. And he wants to buy a kid a smile. So we applied, and he didn't want my card. He didn't want to be co-sponsored. He wanted his own card. And three banks, well, nobody knows what to do with a special needs child who's on a government funding program and is not a regular employee working. So these applications just disappeared into thin air. And finally he got upset and said, Mom, I'm not waiting any longer. I'm going to start selling my paintings, and I'm going to raise money that way. So that's what he's been doing. So over a period of time, he's sold enough paintings now, prints and paintings, because we decided that once the painting was sold, that would be the end of that journey. We created 25 special edition prints, limited edition prints from each of his beautiful paintings. And he's now been selling those for a while. He's actually had enough funding come in to pay for five children to have their faces fixed, to have Operation Smile surgery done, to create smiles around the world. And in the meantime, he also wanted me to create a book for him too. So he actually had his book out before mine, which was a catalog of all of his beautiful paintings with his story wrapped around it. And that was the story that helped him get on Global News. It was also the story where I took him on Dragon's Den and he had a chance to do a first-round pitch on Dragon's Den as well. Because ultimately, I think every kid needs to understand that it's not about your ability. That's not what helps you to make a difference in someone else's life. Because if Alex, with his special needs, can help five other kids to transform their life with surgery, what could your child be capable of? Yeah. I mean, really, that's his important message to share, is if I can do this, what are you capable of? Every, every child has potential, and every child can make a difference, and that's his chosen journey. Oh, I tell you, it's challenging, though, raising a special needs kid. So talking about books, 
along the way, I realized that I have a passion for words. When Alex's book came out, it spurred me on to finish my book, Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. It took about nine months to write, then another nine months to edit. And then it finally took about two years to actually get it to be an Amazon bestseller overnight, which I was super proud to be in three categories. So what is the book about? Well, if you haven't picked up a copy, here's another gift. I have on my website right now, which is Words, Women, and, spelled out, A-N-D, Words, Women, and Wisdom.com, I have Chapter 8 of my best-selling book. And that is a download that you can load, load, <clears throat> excuse me, a download that you can pick up uh, as a gift from me, Chapter 8. Chapter 8 is actually when no words are even required. So it's actually looking at concepts like using your energetic presence, showing how you make decisions, where you are sitting in a room at a board table or in a meeting room. How can you demonstrate your value? How can you build commitment without even using your voice? So it's a powerful chapter. Again, that's available as a free download on my website, wordswomenandwisdom.com. And just click the red button on the left where you see free chapter eight. And I encourage you to do that. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about the book and how it came about, here's a brief clip. This is actually a video, which you can also find if you want to choose to watch it <laughs> on, my, on my website as well. But I'm going to go ahead and play the clip now because it's a really interesting insight into what happens in the mind of an author when they're putting together their best-selling book. My show producer, Doug, is going to just roll that clip. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women, and Wisdom, the Modern Art of Confident Conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and already changed history. On October 5th, the New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. 
I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work. Words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us. And when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you, a woman looking to the future ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today. And as you can tell, that was the launch video that was recorded in 2018 for the book, which literally hit bestseller overnight. And I thank many of my collaborative colleagues, who are members, as I am, of the Evolutionary Business Council for also posting information about that book and helping it get to a number one bestseller, or sorry, in the bestseller category. So what's in the book? (laughs) There's, There's 40 different words and word concepts. One word, which is very common that I do a lot of work around with my female clients, is actually the word please. Such an interesting word. As children, we're taught that having good manners will support acceptance in the world. 
And we should always say please and thank you when we're interacting with others. However, by asking for permission, women invariably end up often unintentionally giving away our power. Frequently in practical terms, it's not the word please that gets us into trouble. It's the fact that we ask in the first place. When we ask to do something, we're giving away our personal power. Now, when I was working for my previous leader, I realized I was doing this when I asked if I could arrange a group workshop on, um, on a particular topic. Now, by asking, I realized I was actually reducing my chances of success by 50% because she might say no. So I had a 50% chance she would say yes. Now, when she did start saying no to many of my requests, my rebellious nature kicked in. As I mentioned, I'm nurturing first in my personality code, but in action second. So that's all about freedom and flexibility. So when she started to say no, I started taking action. And instead, I asked for forgiveness if I needed to afterwards. I stopped asking for permission. Now, this approach kept my inner creativity flowing. It also kept my personal sense of confidence and my inner power intact. And often the successful outcome from my actions spoke for themselves anyway. So with many positive results clear, she could now see that my approach, while it may have been in her eyes a little unconventional or not the way that she would have done it, it actually worked very well and had an impactful outcome. So if you're a leader in an organization or a business entrepreneur, you're leading your team, it helps to balance using the word please when making requests of others. I mean, certainly include the word in your leadership style because that demonstrates that you are polite yet warm, caring, and respectful, which is what women want to see in their leaders, confidence, consistency, and caring, as my colleagues at the Center for Creative Leadership have, have uh, documented in their research. However, when giving a directive that's non-negotiable, leave the word please out of the sentence. So, you know, in the case of a fire drill, you need everybody to listen to you and do exactly what you ask and do it right away as their safety is at stake. There are specific instructions that everyone needs to hear in order to depart the building safely and quickly. No extra words are required. This is the drill process, and everyone must follow it for their own safety. It's not a discussion or a debate. It's a directive. So it could sound like fire code requires following these instructions now. This approach demonstrates clear leadership. It's not about please and thank you at this time. It's about appreciating when to involve your team and foster their ideas and questions, when to build collaboration through questions, when to give clear and concise direction, though, and not always use the word please. So pay attention. Pay attention to when you're using the word please. If it's used at the beginning of a sentence, it states your request in a polite manner. Using please at the end of a sentence often sounds like you're begging or making an apology for your request. Oh, please, please, please. You know, much like a young child might sound. So using it in the context of, you know, may it please the court also sounds condescending. So really pay attention to how you use that word and ensure that you're really conveying your intention. So in the book, I actually, for every word, every one of those 40 different words and more concepts, 
I actually have an action item set. So the action item for the word please, just to wrap up this piece, this example of what's in the book, is to pay attention to when you use the word please. If your intention is to invite conversation, or if you actually need the other person to take your instructions and simply comply without any discussion. So if you have three teenagers who need to get ready for school in the morning, I would still generally say please with almost every request. As young adults with those crazy hormones and insatiable needs for sleep benefit from the extra encouraging encouragement and nurturing. Step into a greater level of confidence. Take action. Stop saying please all the time and ask for forgiveness afterwards if needed. That's my tip for today. That's actually out of chapter two in the book, the word please. If you are intrigued by what I'm sharing, just know that the book is available on Amazon, Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, in ebook format, as well as in a paperback version. And it's recently been released as well on audiobook. So if you are a busy woman on the go, you like to listen to audiobooks when you're out jogging, when you're doing your exercise, when you're walking your dog, if you just prefer to actually have that in an audiobook format, you can actually pick up a copy of the audio version now. It is available, and it's available on Sound. So you can actually go out to A-W-E-S-O-U-N-D, Sound and check out Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, now available in audiobooks. And I'll put the link in the show notes. So we've had a few different elements come up today. I am so grateful that as I get to interview some amazing guests, that I do have some other amazing guests lined up as well for this fall. In the past, I've been joined by... Uh, Natalie Ledwell, for example. Natalie, who is the founder for the Mind Movies Movement. I've been joined by spiritual guru and teacher, the transformational teacher for over four years, Deborah Poneman. I've been joined by the prophet coach, my coach, Susie Carter. I've been joined by women who have risen from all different types of tragedy to triumph. I interviewed Deanna Burghardt, who is an indigenous woman who is a professor and also a creator, a product creator, starting a movement. I've interviewed just recently Chesson Gregory, Chessie, who is the, the author of the book, Why or Does Santa Wear a Mask? And she talks about her story and her discovery through her beautiful two young boys, the Gag Brothers who um, gave her the idea to write about does Santa wear a mask? We're in COVID. These are the types of questions that women um, have from their kids. There have been so many amazing people that I have interviewed over the years. I've loved having my BDS radio show, and I look forward to bringing on some really intriguing guests coming up over this full quarter. Now, as you're listening to this show, if you're thinking, I want to be on the show, there are some specific criteria. However, I would invite you to ping me, like personal message me on Facebook, message me on LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn, 
and send me a quick note and we can have a conversation about whether or not it's a fit for you to be on the show. Also, just know that there are some other things coming up. Every other Tuesday, the radio show airs on Station One on BBS Radio. Also, I had thought that I was going to start doing another summit this September. I had two virtual summits over the past year. Great fun, great learnings. I had some amazing speakers that joined me for those as well, including Clarissa Burke. Clarissa is the founder for In the Limelight Media, In the Limelight TV and Magazine, which I was recently featured in and also was interviewed on her podcast, on her uh, live TV podcast. And Clarissa was talking about marketing, and that was a really interesting topic. So make sure you check out that interview. Also, though, the Virtual Summit series will continue. It'll continue again in 2022. I'm so grateful that I had some space this summer, as we did have some family challenges to deal with, And that really put the focus back on where are my priorities. So when I'm working with my clients around this topic of focus, it's because I've done a lot of my own deep work around this topic just recently and continue to as we come into Q4. So just make a note, virtual summit, um, make sure that you're on my Facebook page if you are not connected with me yet, please do reach out, friend me on my business page, and I'll make sure that you see the postings for when the other events are coming up. Also know that currently, I do have a few spots. So if anything that I've said today has intrigued you, if you are a woman who is wanting to speak up to master your confidence, to find your authentic voice, to negotiate for what you really want in life so that you can, maybe it is, make more sales. Maybe it's growing your team. Maybe it's having a seat at the table. Maybe it's being heard and not being talked over all the time, sometimes by men. Then we need to connect. It's your time. You have an opportunity in the next three and a half months coming up to really end 2021 with a bang, to achieve your target, to reach your defined success. And the best way to do that, the smartest way to do that, is not by working harder, but by working smarter. And smart athletes, Olympians in particular, we just had the the Olympics uh, happening, they always have a coach. They always have a coach because they know the coach is going to share the fastest way to learn, the most consistent way to, to discover and implement a new technique. It shaves years and years of learning when we're talking about anything to do with business because just one wisdom nugget could take you down a rabbit hole. And I remember even one of the mentoring programs that I was chairing, in the first month, one of the participants sharing, you know, and my mentor actually at the time had one conversation with me, a 20-minute conversation, and it stopped me from literally diving right down a rabbit hole that would have wasted thousands of dollars. That's what coaching is all about. Now, it's not the same as counseling. If you've never had a coach, coaching, counseling, um, you know, training, managing, leading, mastering. I mean, they're all different approaches to learn something. 
but coaching is the only forward-facing idea. It's a concept. It's a leading-edge practice that is future-focused. So what happens is we get into a conversation together. You define what your success looks like, and then we work back from that. It's kind of like begin with the end in mind, uh, Covey, Stephen Covey concept. So we start with where do you want to be, and very often I'll do a visualization exercise to get that clarity of what that big vision looks like, and that's where we start. Begin with the end in mind. Let's work back from that. What's the best way to leverage your gifts, your skills, your talents, your risk level, your speed you want to go at, how much bandwidth you have right now, taking into account your full family situation if you're not a solopreneur and single woman. So what is fabulous is it's tailored towards your definition of success. It cuts out any of the unnecessary time-wasting things. And sometimes you do have to create space first in order to do our powerful work together so you can actually have a higher value, more leveraged time effectiveness. And we do that by looking at where you're spending your time right now and creating space to work together. Sometimes it means cutting things out. And that means that you'll be able to invest that time on things that will help you to get to your goal even faster. So that's what coaching is all about. So I work with my clients in a number of different ways. Sometimes if they are an entrepreneur, they find that my Flourish program, which is a three-part program, is really what they need. That's looking deeply at how to visualize success in the business, how to monetize, and then how to optimize. So it's a three-phase approach, and that is something that we work on together every two weeks. So whether it's half an hour or an hour, depending on how fast she wants to go and how much she has in place already, we look at how can we get crystal clear on who are your ideal clients, your vision and purpose, what the mission-inspired element is, is or needs to be in your business to keep it purposeful, to keep you passionate about it, especially through uncertain times like COVID, and enabling you to have a sense of purpose, fulfillment, and dedication, and the success which would speak volumes for your clients. And everybody wants to feel successful in life. And as a coach, a professional executive coach, I am privileged to do the work that I do, supporting my clients, helping them have the fastest results, helping them to get really clear on what it is that they want to work on. In fact, one of my clients, it was all about the language. And when we actually changed the word entrepreneur and started using the word advocate, it all made sense. It felt like home. It felt like a language that she could use to articulate who she is in the world, how she shows up, what she's all about, because the work she's doing as an advocate for mental health awareness is super powerful. And being a speaker, being an author, sharing her own journey, that is the work that she's doing, advocating that it's okay to talk about some of the mental health challenges that very often go unspoken. Super powerful work. So whether I'm working with my clients on their business, 
using the Flourish program, working on helping them with imposter syndrome, using more confident language, bringing in the bank system to help help them have more connected conversations, to get more buy-in, to get more sales. The focus is all about confident conversations. And I love uplifting amazing women. Very often they're women who have come from a background of tragedy and triumph, especially when I'm interviewing women on my show. So the next show will have an amazing guest. You want to make sure that you are connected with me on my profile on LinkedIn, Yvonne E.L. Silva, on Facebook, on Twitter. Those are the three main routes that I post my information And make sure that you're keeping in touch. And if you want to have a conversation about coaching work and find out more about what we might be able to co-create together, I'd be happy to do that. So just reach out and ping me. It's a confidential conversation. I do have a few spots, actually two left for, for September for that visioning process that I talked about as well earlier. So please do reach out. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. While I didn't have a guest, you have the opportunity to learn a little bit more about the work that I do, some of the amazing guests that I've had in the past, guests that I have coming up. You maybe didn't know that my book was now out on or sound on audiobook. I do hope that you'll pick up a copy, and I do hope that even one of those 40 words and word concepts in the book makes a significant impact in your life. And I do encourage you to reach out to me and let me know. I love reading the comments that I receive about people and what they're taking away from the book. And just one word, just one word, remember, ladies, can change your life. Thank you for joining me today. Have a beautiful week and a beautiful Q4. And get that focus, and if you don't have it, reach out to me so that we can make sure I'm supporting you. Bye for now, everybody.